Welcome to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. My name is B-Rob, and today is a Friday episode, so you know who's going to be here. It's Big Dog. Big Dog, how you doing? Doing wonderful. That is great to hear. It is a nice Friday, as I said. Um, we got a fun show for you guys today. We're going to start it off with just some banter at the top about some various things that I've had on my mind. End that with a little Bears-Cowboys recap, and then we'll take you into the championship week for college football. We'll briefly touch on that. And then we'll talk about NFL Week 14. I cannot believe it's Week 14. I know I say that every week. I can't believe it's Week 13. I can't believe it's Week 12. It's just sad. I love this. I love Sundays so much. and But we still have a lot of time to enjoy them. So I should stop getting so sappy. Um, again, this is the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. And you can also check us out on Spotify. Um, I wanted to start the show off with something today, though. That was just really on my mind. I, um, Big Dog, as you know, I love Chick-fil-A. Yes, you do. I think, and I'm going to say right now, Chick-fil-A is my favorite fast food. It is the best. In high school, it was probably in and out It's Chick-fil-A. It's not close because there's some, Chick-fil-A just doesn't make you feel, one, as shitty as like a burger, I got to say, and two, which is the most important reason, the service. The service is outstanding. I cannot tell you how nice it is for when they say my pleasure or tell me to have a good day. I appreciate that. As someone who appreciates good drive through etiquette, the streamlining they have of their process when it's busy, so they have people in the drive through Right. It is incredible, folks. I am there today. It is raining. These people braving the elements out there. <laughs> those, God bless those chick plate. Filet employees. They're out there. I get into the drive-thru, already get my order taken and swipe my card. Somebody comes up to me like as I move about three to four spaces up and they say, hey, Brian, here's your receipt. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Go up another space. A bro just brings me my Powerade. Chicken sandwich next. <laughs> it's better. I just go up one spot and I'm not even to the fucking drive-thru window yet. And they say, hey, Brian, because they have it in the machine on the receipt. Right. And they hand me my whole Chick-fil-A bag and tell me to have a great day. That is service, drive through everywhere. Take notes. Just Chick-fil-A, it, they are the best. I love them. I, I just have, I can't say enough good things about Chick-fil-A. That, you know, it just changes your day when you get good service like that. And you really, Brian, when they say my pleasure, yeah. I feel better. And then even better, it's like, because you know this, and I'm not, I haven't said this on the pod yet. I am a huge stickler for drive through etiquette. If you go through a drive through and it takes you longer than 30, 30 seconds to order, you should not be allowed to go in drive throughs You should have to go inside. If you are one of those people that when you go in a drive through you stop at the pre-thing before you get to the mic to see what's <laughs> yeah. on the menu, what the fuck are you doing going through a drive through Fuck yourself. That is – and if you make me wait when there's no one in front of you and you're looking at things before you get to the mic, I'm going to throw a fit. And it's going to ruin my whole day. So – Again, to repeat that, if you are going to spend longer than 30 seconds ordering or are not completely sure of your order, you should be banned from all drive throughs if you do that just, for the rest of your just life. Just don't go in yet. Don't go in until you're yeah, ready. Park or pull. Like, you could just, take a sign from somewhere else. I mean, and the fact, like, when you see someone converse, like, when you're behind them just watching and you see them asking all these fucking questions, it's like, bro, it's fucking Dunkin' Donuts. What could you be talking to them so long for? And how many drive throughs do you have to go through to, you know, how the, like, you know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Well, I know. It's like, wouldn't you get it after doing it once? Like, this is how you want other people to do is it. This is so the first time the you're code? at Carlos Jr. No, yeah. it's not. And then let me tell you something else that I really hate. 
when so when you're behind someone and you're second in line, like so you're the person in front of you is getting their food, right? right. And you're the second to get that like, you've already paid or whatever and you've already ordered, but you're about to get it. And so that person you see gets the food and drink from the person and then you see the fast food place's door closed so you know they're done with the order. If you're not moving within two seconds, another permanent ban from all drive throughs I don't care if you're still putting your food in your seat. You are starting to go while you do it. It is called dual tasking. I am not going to waste five seconds of my day for you to fucking make sure all your coffees are in your perfect spots. Or, God forbid, you're going to make me wait to put a fucking straw in your drink. <laughs> wait till you get to the first red light, douchebag. <laughs> but, again, I love Chick-fil-A. So this is all meant to... Praise Chick Fil A. Um, let's. The next thing I have is uh, it's December, so you're getting all the Spotify year end of the pl- end of the year playlists. And I have two things on this. One, I don't give a fuck what your Spotify end of the year playlist is. I don't. Why are you all posting it? I don't care. I know. I mean, I can post songs that I'm listening to on Spotify because they're bangers, and you should trust me. But like seen 50 of your Spotify things is like I just don't give a fuck and then you know what it led me to believe it's my second point I I'm not stunned I shouldn't be it just blows me away how shitty everyone's music taste is holy fuck some of like the things you see people posting on Instagram of what they've been listening to it makes sense you're just like oh okay imagine dragons right yeah I mean just like not even that it's just (sighs) That's what got me today, Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons? Yeah. You saw that? I saw that. Oh, that's tough. I didn't even... Are Imagine Dragons still It was like, like a top five artist, so I saw it on there, and it just... Yeah. I forgot I, about them, and now I thought about Imagine Dragons so today. so bad. Didn't Kendrick do a song with Imagine Dragons? Uh, I think he did. That sucks. I'm not um, too sure. All right, that's enough <laughs> of Spotify. Um, you all have terrible taste in music, and you should listen to Twin Peaks. Um, next thing I have is just really quick, and this is just me being stupid... Um, so Drake, when the Raptors beat the Warriors, he dropped two songs and I was just so pissed off. I was like, I'm never going to fucking listen to these. And so the other day, I, I don't know how it was like the first or second time I'd ever heard money in the grave, which I guess is off that man. It slaps so fucking hard. I've been just, bow- ah, man, it is so sweet. But, um, yeah, that's Brian's Drake moment of the week. Um, let's get into football. What you guys actually care about. Um, so we had the Thursday night football game last night. Bears beat the Cowboys. Mitchell Trubisky is back. Your boy B-Rob is hot. Um, the Cowboys, those damn Cowboys. I mean, we kind of we talked about this all week. It's like the Cowboys are going to lose and lose until they have to win, right? And there's going to be 8-8, eight eight, what we've been saying, and they're 2-1 and one from doing that. And so it really looks like we're going to have that week 16, correct? That yes. Sunday night football game would be Cowboys-Eagles. I mean, the Eagles last week didn't do themselves any favors by losing to the Dolphins. Um, but going back into that Bears-Cowboys game, what was crazy to me was how much it was a beatdown. The Bears beat the shit out of the Cowboys. But what was so weird was because the first drive the Cowboys had, they were just pounding Zeke, pounding Zeke, pounding Zeke. I was like, I bet on the Bears heavily, and I was like, oh, fuck, they're screwed. I did that last week on Thanksgiving because they started off really hot with Zeke and they looked really good in the it first half like they first quarter go away from him and then you know we think that's coaching because you get solved or you just don't try to change anything make adjustments at the halftime they suck in the second half yeah it's unbelievable and so what was weird is I before this year I was never a huge Dak Prescott guy 
Mm-hmm. But then I let those wins against all the shitty teams kind of I'm like, oh, maybe he actually is legit and he should deserve that contract. Dude, he's not what I thought he was. I was wrong. I all mean, garbage time. I didn't think Great he was fantasy good, quarterback. It, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, the Cowboys, their offense is so loaded with superstars that it just doesn't make sense for it to be that inconsistent. Again, this is probably on coaching, and it seems like, this will be Jason Garrett's final year with the Cowboys, if you if you can read the tea leaves. But, I mean, you could have said that the last five years. But I want to end it with um, the Cowboys or Eagles. If you had to bet on one of those two. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Do you think the Cowboys, with the luck of the draw, get in? And then I have a follow-up question after that. <sighs> I've been saying the Eagles, and the Eagles are at least home. That game, week 16, right? Mm-hmm. Let me go with the Eagles. Okay. I le- tend to lean with you, but I kind of feel like the Cowboys are just going to get lucky and sneak their way in. Um, my next question was, firing a coach in the middle of the year is always tough, and you always see that with usually, except in the case of like a LeBron NBA team, <laughs> they're not in the playoffs, right? right? Like so, like, it's like It would when, be the Bengals right yeah, now. Yeah, like the Bengals or Falcons. whoever, like – like what you saw happen with Ron Rivera. We'll talk about that. Like you have an interim coming in, they're not going to make the playoffs. Is Jason Garrett bad enough where you could kind of see like, shit, they should just get a new coach right now? Or do you think you, it's kind of impossible? You have to wait till the end of the year. I would have called, I would have been in contact with Ron Rivera as soon as he got fired and said, last night, once we lose this game, fly to Texas, you have the team. And he should be the coach today. I agree. I think Ron. I think the firing. We can get into that. The firing of Ron Rivera was so dumb. He's a former Charger defensive coordinator. I would. Li- we were t- I would do a hundred hours of community service. I mean, what else do they need Ron to see? Rivera to come it's been to the ten Chargers. years. Jason I Garrett. want him so bad. I want Ron Rivera. I think the Browns are going to go after him. I think the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys will go I think after the Giants him. Giants might too. Giants might. Oh, fuck the Giants. Fuck the Giants. But I think um, they're they're a good. Ron Rivera's a damn good coach, though. He made the playoffs three times. He goes to an, uh, a Super Bowl. He's a great guy by all accounts i just i don't really see why the panthers would do that i was talking to someone today and they told me it was analytical so the new um gm and front office of the panthers are very analytical focused and ron rivera's not and i think we're seeing this in a lot of sports right now kind of like the pushing out of the old guard for example the san francisco giants Bochi leaves. He wasn't forced out by any means. But now what you're seeing is a more analytical team come in. They're not mm-hmm. going to re-sign Bumgarner. And Bumgarner Fuck said he you. wanted to re-sign. That right? is unbelievable. Yeah. Bassin Bumgarner wanted to re-sign with the Giants, and they are not going to re-sign him. That is shameful. Um, but, yeah, I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see analytics take more and more of a hold on the NFL and see the contrasting styles because – Last year, everyone's talking about Sean McVay and how he's the millennial and he's Mr. Analytical. He's not, really. If you look at it, he does not go for it on fourth down that much. All the analytical things, that's not really Sean McVay. So it will be interesting to see how the... Like, it's already here, obviously, but how the analytical, like, renaissance will affect the NFL like it has with baseball Mm -hmm. because I don't think it's quite... It hasn't quite arrived fully yet like people thought with Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan um, because I think what they're doing is basically an extension of stuff that like Andy Reid has done Mm -hmm. and um, but that's nothing to take away from Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. I know a lot of people are down on Sean McVay. 
I'm not. I would be more than happy to have him Still as my coach. Still seven and five. Yeah, and then Kyle Shanahan, he's money. The 49ers, we'll talk about this quickly, they lose to the Ravens in a close game. Kyle Shanahan, the way he is re- – Kyle Shanahan and um, what's it, John Lynch, the GM of the Niners, yes. the way they have rebuilt this team in the last couple of years, holy crap. Because I mean, Just from one year, the yeah. count of five wins to Since now. Since the Ravens started rolling, no one has been able to basically make them punt, let alone hang with them. The Niners proved that their defense can do things to Lamar Jackson because it's so talented, and their running game – can keep they can keep more time of possession and keep Lamar Jackson off the field, which is probably your. I think Alex said that a couple mm. weeks ago. It's like that's your best bet to beat Lamar Jackson. Don't right. let him have the ball. So, um, I would. Re- it would be really cool to see 49ers Ravens that go at it again in the Super Bowl. Um, what do you think? Like the Niners, like what did the 49ers do wrong in that game to lose? I don't think they. Besides the they, missed field goal, they had. Um, what was like what, the, the big thing? The big thing was Jimmy G fumbled in the first half. Okay. That basically just it was like on the twenty. But I mean, and when you're playing the Ravens, plays, the Ravens are playing perfect. at such a high level right now that you can't make mistakes. Yeah. And so, I know the Ravens just beat the shit out of this team, but what team might the Ravens play in the playoffs that won't make mistakes? It is the New England Patriots. They are at plus 400 to win the Super Bowl right now. This time, every year for the past 10 years, this has happened. We do this. We have the conversation. There is, it was yeah. the Chiefs last year. There's always the Patriots don't look good, and there's the young team, and the Patriots' odds drop because they always start the season as the favorite. Now is the time to jump. If you look, just look at the odds. It's like maybe they don't win it this year, but eh, they might because there's that whole thing that this the last like seven years or something, eight years, Alabama or the Patriots have won every year. So Alabama's not in the college football playoff. So if that is going to continue for like the ninth straight year, the this Patriots. This is the best defense the Patriots have ever had. Yeah. So I love, I mean, I'm not, the Ravens and 49ers and Seahawks are all viable Super Bowl picks. But seeing the Patriots at plus 400, that's just some great value, I think. Um, quickly, we'll go through the AFC-NFC playoff pictures right now together. So the 49ers lose to the Ravens. And the Seahawks beat the Vikings. The Seahawks jump up to that number one seed, or the number two seed, excuse me, mm-hmm. in the uh, NFC. The Saints have the one seed um, because the Saints, Teddy Bridgewater, went into Seattle and beat them. So they own that tiebreaker. Um, and then you're looking at, right now, I guess the Cowboys and then the pa- the Packers, then the Cowboys. And then your, your first wild card, that five seed, is the San Francisco 49ers. And the sixth seed is the Minnesota Vikings. With the Bears making noise, the, the Rams. Eagles. The, I mean, yeah, the, the fucking Rams are still Rams making are noise. 500. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bet on them last week. I can't shake my addiction. I might have to shake it this week, though. Um, <laughs> but I think that that Vikings, Bears, Rams, that'll be a fun and obviously Eagles, Cowboys. And then hopefully we get that week 17 game in Seattle for it to be 49ers, Seahawks for whoever wins that game gets the one seed. That's pretty That's pretty juicy, don't you think? Very juicy. Okay, and then let's go into the AFC really quick. You have the Ravens now because the Patriots lose to the Texans. The Ravens jump into that number one spot. Patriots still at two. And then you have the, um, you'd have the Texans as the three seed. And you would have, give me help here. Oh, the Chiefs, Chiefs would be the three seed, excuse and the me. Texans. And then the Texans at the four seed. Your five seed is the Buffalo Bills. And right now that six seed is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ew. 
See, I've been saying that all year long about the Steelers, but the defense... It's legit. It's legit. I mean, and James Conner hasn't even really been playing. And it's just the defense, and Mike Tomlin's a good coach. Um, I don't think that by any means that that sixth spot is wrapped up by the Steelers. I think that the Titans and Ryan Tannehill are making a run, surprisingly. Still, the Colts are there, too. The Colts are there. The Raiders are? I mean, the Raiders are, are technically there, but they've... Fuck the Raiders. They've just looked so bad the last couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, it pretty much sums up everything in the AFC NFC playoffs, don't you think? Yes. All right, let's get into a quick voicemail we have from Joe Rinaldi. Joe, you've heard him on the pod before with a voicemail. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Brian. Remember when I called and compared Mason Rudolph and Phillip Rivers? You and Big Dog didn't like it, but then both of them threw four interceptions in the same week. Coincidence? I think not. But I didn't call to talk about the past. I called to talk about the future. Phil's future. And if he should go into the NFL Hall of Fame. Now I know you're big Philip Rivers fans on this pod and probably think he should be in the Hall, but I'm here to tell you, he won't be. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. He hasn't been to a Super Bowl. He's lost the only divisional championship game he's ever appeared in. Never been an MVP. He's never been first team All-Pro. He's never even been second team All-Pro. Never an Offensive Player of the Year. He has been to the Pro Bowl eight times, and we all know how serious the Pro Bowl is. You know who has been to a Super Bowl, and who has an MVP, and has been a first-team All-Pro? Matt Ryan. You know who I also don't think will be in the Hall of Fame? Matt Ryan. You can talk about Phil's passer rating or his completions all you want, but for this era, it's not a worthwhile stat. I hate to tell you this, man. He's a good guy, just not a good player. Anyways, go Blazers. Well, thank you, Joe, for calling in. Um, <clears throat> let me start off by saying this. You're so fucking stupid. If you don't think Philip Rivers is going to make the Hall of Fame, you haven't even seen who the fuck is in the Hall of Fame. Dan Fouts, Hall of Fame. Same exact shit as Philip Rivers. Dan Marino's in the Hall of Fame. Charles Barkley's in the Hall of Fame. Carl Malone's in the Hall of Fame. John Stockton's in the Hall of Fame. And good to know that Joe doesn't think that completion percentage and passer rating matters. Yeah, I think that's which the two Phil ways. is sixth all time in touchdowns, sixth all time in passing yards. He has a career ninety five QB rating, which is the tenth best ever. If Joe doesn't think he's going to the Hall of Fame, then he doesn't know what the Hall of Fame is. And I'm glad Joe brought up Phil's conference championship loss. You know who that was too? Oh, the they're just England the Patriots. 17-0 fucking New England Patriots. With a torn ACL. Philip Rivers up. has been screwed his whole career with coaching. He has only once in his career, besides Schottenheimer, which was just for like a split second in the beginning, had a good coach, offensively at least. Norv Turner was that. He wasn't a good head coach, but he was good offense. And look at how good the Chargers were then. Philip Rivers is a lock for the Hall of Fame. It looks like this will be his last year. But if you don't think he is going to make the Hall of Fame, you don't know who makes the Hall of Fame in professional sports. I mean, like, Matt Ryan? You just shit on him? Matt Ryan's going to make the Hall of Fame. Same Eli fucking like, Manning yeah. is going to make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you hate, like, okay, Phil has no Super Bowls, then let's literally go take, like, 100 people out of each Hall of Fame. Charles Barkley wasn't very good. Tony Gwynn never won a World Series. So, 
I just think that that's ridiculous when you have a guy who in and so Joe's like saying like in this era those stats don't count. Wait, so you're telling me that in the passing boom era where we've seen like arguably the greatest quarterbacks ever, Brady, Manning, Breeze, all this that the stats don't matter then? In the passing era? I would argue that really running back stats wouldn't have mattered as much because it's committee by running backs. Hmm. Oh, and I mean, Philip Rivers did have Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in his division or in his conference the whole time. So, I mean, and Ben Ralph. Joe, I will bet you $10,000 that Philip Rivers makes the Hall of Fame. If you don't want to do 10,000, let's do 1,000. Philip Rivers will make the Hall of Fame. Maybe you don't think he should. But it'll happen, and it's great because Phil's the fucking best. Um, thanks for the call, Joe. Sorry I had to get on you like that. I love you. Happy for you and the Blazers with Mello. Let's go to a next thing we have. We got a little mailbag, so you can also just text me your take, or you can email it to me at brianrobbins54 at gmail.com. Big Dog, we got a real treat. <clears throat> we got a real treat on our hands here. We got a, we got a email from a good friend of ours, Stephen Facer. Steve, it's oh. great to hear from you. Uh, let's hear what he had to say. Howdy there, Brian and Big Dog. I have, I have enjoyed the podcast ever since I listened to the first episode, but I especially enjoyed the NBA season opener where you guys dove into the nitty-gritty about each team. First of all, I want to give some love to Big Dog for sticking with the Bucks this whole time, even when we all doubted you back in high school. You're reaping the benefits, my friend. <laughs> Secondly, I found myself agreeing with all your takes on the individual teams until my ears, my rabbit ears, perked up because you slipped in a dirty word to describe someone that is near and dear to my heart. How, B-Rob? How can you refer to Donovan Mitchell as a chucker? That take is just egregious, offensive, and downright irresponsible reporting. As a person that actually watches the Jazz play every night instead of only when they randomly appear on nationally televised games, I think I know what Donovan is and isn't. I have NBA League Pass, but that's okay. Um, is, he com is he a complete, efficient scorer in just his third year in the NBA? No. But he is a dang good scorer that can take over games and change the momentum in any moment. I agree with that. He does take a large amount of shots, but hey, shooters got to shoot. He is also consistently in between 40 to 50% field goal percentage every game and can score in bunches. He has his spots he likes, like the elbow and the top of the three-point arc, and he hits those shots pretty well. He is also a dynamic driver and can finish well for his size. The one thing that I will criticize him on is that he can tend to play hero ball when the game gets tight and either forces a shot or drives without a real opening. With all that said, I believe that you owe my man an apology for using that horrible word, chucker. As a final thought, I have been following your best bets pretty closely this last month, and let me say that it has led me to change bookies, fall behind on some loans to my second bookie, forcing me to flee the country to Mexico. I am currently living above a Nike soccer ball sweatshop in Tijuana, but I'm always excited to hear the next pod content. Keep it up, boys. Adios and vaya con Dios. Steven, I love you. That is an unbelievable line there at the end. But I'm 15 and 13 on picks on the pod. We're plus 500, Steven. And if we're plus 500, we're, we're making it. We're getting by. And Big Dog, you're like 9 and 3 in the last three weeks, right? 9 and 3 the last three weeks. Three straight teasers. Oh, we're hot, Steve. We're hot. Don't give up on us, Steve. We, you yeah, could have. Stick with us, Steve. If get you stuck with bookie, us, you could be living bookie. not in Tijuana right now. Yeah. Get a third bookie because right now, 
this is before we address some of the Donovan Mitchell. I'm addicted to money line underdogs, and I am on fire. Holy shit! Every night in the NBA, just like my sons, they're doing it. The Lakers and the Jazz were even. Give me that. <laughs> the Bears money line under, and I just am getting into college football or college basketball. It's great. Um, to Stephen's point about Donovan Mitchell, I will say he's he's pretty correct because Donovan Mitchell. The point he makes is how he's still developing, he's young, and that's totally true. He is in a weird spot where he has to be the playmaker on his team at such a young age because the guy who, when he got there, was the guy, like their best player, Rudy Gobert, is incompetent offensively in the playoffs. I mean, Steve, I know that might hurt you a little bit, but it's kind of true. What's Rudy Gobert going to do at the end of the game in the playoffs offensively? Um, My problem with Donovan Mitchell... Is And I agree, Steven saying he has to play hero ball because of the members on his team, that is totally true. My biggest problem with Donovan Mitchell is just that he shows up everywhere. Like So after his rookie year, he was at the NBA Finals. He was at the WNBA Finals. He was at Summer League. He was at this. He was at that. He's always there. He's always in public, talking and talking. It's like, I want you to be in the fucking gym getting ready to win. And I know he probably works out too. That was just my thing. I thought he was kind of too, like, publicy too too much show in the beginning but hey maybe he's just like a really social guy um steve rooting for the jazz for you this year thanks for writing in and um yeah uh we'll we hope to hear from you again sometime soon all right we're gonna take a quick break and then we're going to get into nfl week 14 best bets and then we'll end it off with a couple things about college football All right, let's get into NFL Week 14 here on the Pineapple Couch. I'm B-Rob, joined by Big Dog. Big Dog, good to still have you here. Um, Let's get into our first game we're going to talk about, which is going to be a 10 a.m. game on Sunday morning. you got the 49ers traveling to New Orleans at the Saints. The Saints minus two. Over-under in that game is at 44.5. The money line for San Francisco is at plus 110. So let's set the stage here, what we have going on. 49ers coming off. A nice win or a nice a nice loss. A nice loss. But, Which is weird. But that's correct. It's, it's a correct. nice loss. It was a nice loss. You and know. um that's how well the Ravens are playing right now. Um and so they're coming off a nice loss, which bumped them to fifth in the NFC Crazy. standings because Seattle goes up to two. They are traveling here to New Orleans. Um I really like the Niners in this spot. I uh, I think the Saints haven't looked that right the last couple of weeks um drew Brees does look older i mean I'm, and i am someone who is watching philip rivers i understand <laughs> but drew Brees does look older um alvin Kamara doesn't seem as explosive or as involved uh what what's your what are you feeling about this game the same kind of thing last week how i felt about the chiefs last week i think the saints get back on track this week honestly the saints i think the saints too because they're home they're ready to go Okay. And I got a stat for you. San Francisco is 4-0 and against the spread. The last four as a road underdog, though. Ooh. And so that's a plus two. To going into the Dome. Going into tough. the Dome. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a slugfest. Um, my thing, I love the Niners in this because of the run game. I just think if the Niners can go in and control the run and have that time of possession like they did in Baltimore, 
they will beat the Saints. But, I mean, that's tough to do. That dome is going to be loud as fuck. It's going to be crazy. And But this is if you are the Niners and you expect to go to the Super Bowl and want to be... This is the challenge you step up for, and you go beat the piss out of the Saints. And then, like you said, the Saints, everyone's kind of whispering like you don't look as good as you do, like you have this record, but uh, They're kind of like this the is time for Patriots a statement as a well. This is a big game. You know? I cannot fucking wait. Um, again, the Saints are favored by two. The over-under is 44.5. And then if you're feeling the Niners, their muddy line is at plus 110. Let's go into the Colts-Bucks game. So the Colts are traveling to Tampa Bay to face Jameis Winston and the Bucks. The Bucks. The Bucks are getting some love, favored by three points, over-unders 47. That Colts money line is at plus 145. Jameis Winston's been hot lately. Got, or Mike Evans is the number two receiver in the NFL in yards, and Godwin's third, Chris Godwin. So they their passing game looks great. They've got some good defensive players on that side, actually. But I don't trust them. I don't. I don't trust them, big dog. How's T.Y.? What's T.Y.'s update? I believe this T.Y. Week? is playing this. No. There's no way he's playing because there's no way the Colts would be an yeah. underdog if he's not playing. I don't think T.Y. Hilton is playing. I think that's and a good I took him last week, week and they're a mess without him. Yeah. It's just the Bucks. like, I, I guess the problem with Buddy. I saw that, like, Arians and Winston, they're not clicking right now. Really? I saw that there could be a future departure of James Winston because he's so polarized. Yeah. He looks like the best quarterback and then he Yeah, can. I mean, so that's like the problem with trying to bet on Bucks games is it's like, is Jameis going to throw four touchdowns or four picks? Or is he going to throw four touchdowns and four picks? It's, I like the Colts here. Yeah, I think that the value right there is the Colts' money line um, at plus 145 because I do think the Colts will stay in the AFC wild, wild card race or maybe even put some pressure on Houston like t- Tennessee is doing. Um, but it, it, I like the Colts, but I'm a little, little worried. Colts five and zero against the spread. Their last five against the Bucks. Okay. All right. Well, Colts when they travel to Tampa Bay, when Bucks come to them, they fared well. Let's go to the team that everyone's talking about, the Ravens, the number one seed in the AFC, the favorite to win the Super Bowl. They're traveling to Buffalo, Ravens at Bills. The Ravens are favored by 6.5. The over-under in this game is 44. The Bills' money line is at plus 215, which, just to say, is lower than what the Niners was, but that was because that was in Baltimore. Um, Do you see the Bills getting in Lamar Jackson's way, Big Dog? Not at all. But when I was looking at this game... There's a small chance that the Bills could win the AFC East because the Chiefs go into New England and maybe the Chiefs knock them off and then they would have their they play one more time this year. Yeah, I mean, and they're technically it's not going to happen though. The yeah. Ravens are going to kill them. I think. I think I agree. I think the Ravens are going to win by more more than a touchdown, and it could be from like the ten to fifteen point range. Um, that's not to discredit Josh Allen, though. I've really liked what he's been doing lately. He's so fun to watch. Um, this is, I mean, we, we got into so much controversy, you know, with that draft class when we talked about those quarterbacks. This might be the two best in it, Jackson and Allen. Right now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, Bakers looks good, but they just lost. And um, these guys are on winning teams, and they're both really fun to watch. Like, I don't think the Bills... So I did say that like, I think the Ravens will win by 10 to 15, but I don't think it'll feel like a blowout because I think the Bills do have a good defense, and I think they'll move the ball, and I think playing in Buffalo is certainly not easy this time of year. Um, 
But I think the, what the Bills are going to do here is they're going to do just enough to not be labeled as, like, not not to, like, lose points on their next game. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to get thrown in the trash for their loss, but it's not going to be as inspiring as the Niners were hanging with them. <clears throat> All right. Let's go to Chiefs at Patriots. Um, this is going to be in New England. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. Uh, Pats are favored by three points. The over-under is 49. That Chiefs money line is at plus 150, looking pretty enticing. Um, so everyone likes to talk about how the Chiefs defense is terrible. What really is bad about the Chiefs defense is their run defense. Their pass defense is pretty good. It's had a lot, it's top five, I believe, in takeaways the last couple weeks or last five weeks. Um, are the this is going to sound so weird to say, Big Dog? Are the Patriots going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs offensively here? Not offensively, I don't think. Because if the if the Chief, I know the Patriots have such a great defense, but if the Chiefs score north of twenty eight points, like I don't see this version of the Patriots team right now hanging with them. They don't have Antonio Brown yet, which I think is going to happen. Right. So I think um, I'm not going to say like that's not a best bet or anything that Chiefs sitting there at one fifty, but. I do like that Chiefs money line, um, and I think that this kind of is could let I, I believe in narratives. I think right now we're seeing a narrative of people giving up on the Patriots and all this stuff, and so if they drop again to the Chiefs, I mean the Super Bowl odds will just get even better and better. Um, anything else on that game, Big Dog? Patriots won twenty eight, or excuse me, twenty one straight home games, and they probably care about that. <laughs> So that's that's good to know. Um, yeah, that's gonna be another great game. Um, let's go to a gonna be gonna be hopefully a competitive game, not as beautiful looking as Chiefs Patriots or 49ers Saints. It's Titans at Raiders. Titans are favored by three here in Oakland. Over under is 47 and a half. Titans coming off two nice wins. Raiders coming off two terrible losses. Raiders money line at plus 135 in this game as well. Can Does Ryan Tannehill keep it rolling, Big Dog? Yeah, he keeps it rolling. Yeah, he keeps I, rolling. I, think, I think the Titans do beat the Raiders, but just a little, like a, a note to add to that, I don't understand the Raiders. I don't understand the Raiders, but do we understand the Titans? A little bit a better little the last bit. two weeks. But I just only like do. the Titans when they're an underdog. Yeah. That's why it's hard to so take a minus three on the road. Like minus one in this game, it's tough to go minus three on the road. It, that's Raiders outscored seventy four to twelve last two games. I mean, it's just they're abysmal. Due. So they're maybe the hope is if you're taking the Titans that these Raiders problems are not done. But if you're going to take the Raiders with that good money line, you're hoping that maybe Gruden gets this thing going this week to save your season. Um, Derek Carr should not buy that house in Las Vegas yet. <laughs> You should definitely not do that. Um, yeah, that's a confusing game, but should be pretty entertaining. Let's get to the Sunday night football game, and oh boy, do I love this game. It's Seahawks at Rams. This is a fucking pick em. This is even. <laughs> this is even spread, folks. Rams, Seahawks. Over-unders 47. I am all over that Seahawks money line. I think the Seahawks should be favored by four to five points. Even That's coming from someone who is addicted to the Rams. I think the Seahawks should be favored by four to five. I think the fact that it's a pick 'em is a joke. Take the Seahawks money line. That's even. Bet your house on it. Don't. I would bet my house on it. Bet your friend's house on it. <laughs> um, Seahawks money line. I love that. Big dog. Do you have anything to add to that? Seahawks six and one, last seven road games against the spread. 
Yeah, and they, you're like, you cannot tell me, like, if it was, see, again, if it's Seahawks minus six or something, then it's like, okay, maybe, but there's no way Russell Wilson's losing to the Rams this week. It's the first time they're offensive. And people the are like saying, oh, it's on the road. It's like, going to L.A. is not going on the road. There's going to be more Seahawks fans there. Um, that, though, is going to be a great Sunday night football game. So let's get into our best bets, folks, before we wrap it up here on the Pineapple Couch. Thank you so much for listening. Um, again, and as I said earlier, I'm 15-13 and 13 in picks given out on this show. So as long as we stay above 500, we're having a good time. You take what you can get. Um, my three best bets this week, like I just said, the Seahawks money line, that's even. I like the 49ers money line in New Orleans at plus 110. I told you I like those underdogs. And then a little over-under action for you. I like the over in the Bengals-Browns game, over 41.5. I think Andy Dalton is doing everything to ruin the Bengals' draft position, and I think that the Browns' defense does not have Miles Garrett. I think that the Browns can score at least 28. The Bengals can score at least 20. I think it easily goes over 41.5. Big Dog, what are your best bets? I also have Seattle. Because I just don't see him losing. I've been riding them past three, four weeks. Why would I stop today? Why would you? Then my second one is actually going to be Baltimore. I don't like laying six and a half on the road. He's laying the hook, folks. I'm doing it. I just don't see how you can. I mean, the Niners basically played perfect last week, and they still lost. And I don't see the Bills doing anything close to that. And then we're going for four teasers in a row this Tease week. Tease dog. Take the Broncos, plus 16. It's a professional football team. It's hard to win by 16 points. Ravens are going to win by at least one point because it's a half point, so take that. And then Minnesota, minus six and a half. They are at home. Against the Lions. Against the Lions. With, uh, what's his name, Blow? Yeah, David Blow. David Blow. David, <laughs> David Blow. <laughs> what a name. Um, all right, Big Dog, I will be taking those as I always do, except... Um, you didn't give out Saints, though, so never mind. Um, didn't give out Saints this week, no. Um, let's quickly, before we go, thank you so much for listening again. I'm going to go into a little college football. By the time this comes out, Oregon, Utah is going to be playing. Um, I don't know why I'm going to do this, because if I'm wrong, I'm just, I'm literally just giving you something that all sounds stupid. I do like Oregon at plus 200. I think that it's going to be a close game, and I think the Pac-12 always eats itself. But watch Utah win by, like, 50 after I say that. Um in other games, LSU, I like LSU to beat the shit out of Georgia. Um, seven points should be like a 13-point spread. Um, App State, minus six and a half. I just love App State. I've bet on them all year. Why stop now? And then Clemson, Virginia, I have Clemson minus 28 and a half. I think Clemson's going to beat the shit out of them, and I think Clemson is ultimately going to win the national championship because here's a hot take. I haven't even told you this yet. Because Trevor Lawrence is the best fucking player in college football. And he's going to do it again next year. And the Chargers are going to go 0-16 next year. And they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. That's right. I've already given up on Joe Burrow. Because it's not likely. And the Chargers are stupid. But if they go on 16 they're getting Trevor Lawrence. All will be right in the world. Big Dog, always a pleasure. Looking forward to watching these games with you this weekend. Again, if you guys want to get involved, send a voicemail. Leave a message. Or write in the mailbag. That just makes the show so much more fun. Thank you for listening. This has been the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Again, we're on Apple Music. We're on Spotify. All that fun stuff. Big dog. Here we go. We're done. All right. Fuck LeBron James. See ya.
Thank you.